Left. Right. Yo, what's up? I forgot to mention this. We are in Season 2 of Sip Talk. Last episode 65, this episode 66, officially part of Season 2. This is the third year we've been running. I appreciate all you guys who are watching this, who are listening to this, who have subscribed already, who have shared it. Um, big, big thanks, uh, especially in this new year. Uh, it's crazy we're still doing this. I assume we would be because, you know, I'd like to run with things, but... Uh, we really ran with it and that's thanks to you if we didn't have an audience we wouldn't be doing it we'd just be talking on the phone or facetime um so thank you guys at that enjoy the episode hopefully you're having a drink while you're listening um if not hopefully you have a drink later see you this is sip talk grab a drink and enjoy Cheers. 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 This is episode 66 of Sip Talk. Today, it's myself and James, the Bosnator Boswell, professional referee. Certified, are you a certified accountant yet? You have CPA license? No, I don't have a CPA license. I'm going to be getting the EA license within the next. Ah, accountant, he'll be there. You'll be there. As far as I'm concerned, professional accountant. Well, I am. Uh, That's my job. By definition, it's my profession. Philosopher, professional, and bartender. Um, myself, I'm uh, Justin DiGiulio. I run DiGiulio Group Real Estate, a real estate brokerage in Manhattan. Uh, coming at you from this home in New Jersey. I don't know, James, if you can see the background, some minor improvements here. Echoes uh, a little bit better as well. Uh, maybe that's the emptiness of the room. I don't know. It, it's better than it was. It's still there. Could, it could be the fourth coat of paint that I've come with. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just drag a couch in there for some damping. There will be. There will be. But as I said, this is episode 66 of Sip Talk. Today, we're talking about phobias, which is a great topic that James brought up last time. I think we have some cool phobias. If you guys are watching live, uh, I'd love to know some of your favorite phobias in the comments. Um, James, I'm going to ask you what you're drinking. I am drinking eggnog uh, to celebrate the end of the eggnog season. Not a huge eggnog guy, but I don't dislike it. What do you have done? So I've got... A little bit of scotch, um, Glenlivet Caribbean Reserve, which is really good. And then for the beer, I'm going with Edmonds Oast Boysenberry Plum Sour. So you're drinking beer and scotch. Yep. Good combination. I have some whiskey in the eggnog, um, and I got some beer off to the side that is defrosting because it froze in the freezer, which is why I'm on the eggnog. Um, Before we get into the phobias, we want to do some comment responses first, or we want to do a quick hit on the current events, because I got some thoughts. Let's, uh, if you are watching live, you need to go to YouTube, you need to go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you get an audio podcast and subscribe to this podcast. That's going to help us grow. Um, But today's a big day. Yesterday was a big day. Um, I'll let James intro into some current events, because yesterday was a wild day. It'll definitely be something you'll read about in the history books or your kids will read about in the history books. So for those of you guys who haven't been paying attention, um, President Trump incited a mob riot 
of insurrectionists who then went and invaded the Capitol building. And there's a lot more to be said about that. But well, let's, let's talk about how, because a lot of people are going to say he didn't incite it. He didn't incite it. But he, he very much did because he said they were at the opposite end of the Capitol Mall, which is probably about a mile away from the Capitol. And he said, we're going to go march down the mall to the Capitol. <laughs> so if you want to ask, where did they get the idea to march on the Capitol? This doesn't take a detective. These, yeah, they, they actually believed that Trump was marching with them. And they were marching together to basically march into Congress. And I don't, I, I just, I don't, I imagine like someone thinking like this kind of George Washington on his trusty steed with like one of the, you know, a big sword, just kind of, you know, running down. And uh, I could see, I could see Trump on, on his golf cart with a night iron <laughs> uh, but either way some of the remarks Trump said in his speech led people to march down and basically rip apart uh, the halls of Congress and uh, I think the, I actually truly believe that a lot of the senators and I, I don't know who exactly was there but I actually believe that the people there were genuinely terrified um um, all the senators and all the congressmen were there because they were in the middle of holding proceedings to certify, certify the results of the election and count the electoral college votes. So with very few exceptions, 100 percent of both the Senate and the House members were there in the Capitol at the time doing what they needed to do. Oh, man. So, yeah, so. But I believe a lot of these guys are actually fearful for their lives. And, uh, and that's some scary stuff. Um, you know, I can, I can only imagine being, it just, do you, do you ever see that movie, uh, what was it, Argo? No. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, where they had the, the way to evacuate U.S. hostages from Iran. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the, the building they were in, the, what was it, the embassy in Iran, mm -hmm. uh, American embassy in Iran, I think, was yep. attack. And these people, you know, had to sneak out of Iran and went into hiding and finally made their way back to the U.S. But uh, I imagine what was happening yesterday was a very similar feeling to kind of being under attack by a mob. Uh, and mob mentality is really the biggest thing to be afraid of. Have you ever been around a mob as it starts to turn? Um, I, one time I was on a motorcycle in downtown Manhattan and I was caught in a, I, you know, I was at a stoplight, the light turned red and this kind of mass of people came around the corner, just protesters. Um, but, uh, it, it got, I was, I was a little fearful man, but I don't think I've ever been part of something that's really turned and going crazy. Not, not that I can, you know, I don't have a great memory, so. Uh, but wild stuff. Mm. Uh, My takeaway from the entire thing yeah. is that there's no way we could have seen this coming. There were no warning signs. Nothing in the past four or five years has suggested that a certain political, uh, a certain portion of our, of our country is, is gullible and willing to follow somebody at their word, let alone be prone to violence. I, I, and so... 
Yeah. I, I don't think that there was any way we could have seen this coming. This is an absolute shock to anybody who who saw this. And that Trump would act this way was also completely unforeseeable. Yeah. Like, in no way has he advocated for violence or or disobeying things when things don't go your way. He's always been a straight shooter who wants people to follow the law and and be held accountable for their actions. Yeah. So yesterday was a complete surprise that was in no way preventable. Didn't he say something a while back when Hillary was talking about guns and he, he said something along the lines of, Let's see what the real gun people in America have to do about that or something like just. Yeah, there was something where it was about the Second Amendment and wanting people to like exercise their Second Amendment rights with Hillary Clinton or something. Yeah, it was, it was something along those lines. But I, I truly, truly believe, you know, I give the majority of these people. And it's not just the people that were down in D.C. It's a lot of the United States as well. Um, I will give the people a slight benefit of the doubt in the sense that they truly believe, not all of them, a lot of them are just blind extremists, extremists. but you have to understand that people only know what they're exposed to. And, you know, people don't get the exposure that we get in the bigger cities with diversity, with being able to travel around the country and meet people and understand people across the spectrum of our country um, and on the world, world stage. But I truly believe that people thought they were actually defending their country and that they that there were illegal votes and they actually believed that they were defending the Constitution. And if you take any movie, not any movie, the majority of bad guys that you have in movies, at a certain point, usually something happened to them and they're just trying to avenge, you know, whatever happened and you know, ultimately, they have a noble cause in their mind, but from the viewer, they are the antagonist. You have the protagonist, you have the antagonist, right? You might say yeah. effectively, but their method is what's evil. They have a noble cause in their head, but what they're doing is ultimately evil, which makes them the bad guy or the heel. And, but again, from their perspective, they are the protagonist. It's well, just, everyone's everyone's a protagonist in their own movie. Everyone is exactly, and that's how you have to think about it. And you have to have the understanding to be able to put yourself in the shoes of you know what we look at. Obviously, you're watching this in the news. Somebody's dressed up as Captain, uh, you know, uh, Raccoon. <laughs> Come on. Um, um, and, and also, if you saw, there was an interview with him, and it just it was it was absolutely wild. The guy was talking about how he can perceive you know, uh, different dimensions or some shit like, and this is a, a forefront, but, you know, the guy that can, can breathe ultraviolet rays or I don't know what the fuck he was saying. It didn't make any sense. Oh, so he's a plant. <laughs> it just didn't, it didn't make any sense. Well, I, my takeaway from it, yes, from what happened yesterday is that the people that have been spreading these lies for the ha- last several months or years need to be held responsible. Like there, there's se- several senators and numerous house members that were voting against that, that were voting against certifying the election, everything. I think every single one of them need to be expelled right. because, right. And, yeah. and and Trump needs to be impeached again. He needs to be re- removed from office, whether it's through the Twenty Fifth Amendment or through formal impeachment. Like it, 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 
things have gone too far. Like he should have been removed from office back in January or whenever the impeachment was. But you know what? Like we didn't do it then. But we've got another chance now, and it's the right thing to do. And he he directly incited violence. He got one woman killed directly by the Capitol Police, who for a for a large part didn't really do their job. But True, true. But in this particular case, she got shot because she was trying to enter the Senate chamber while there were still senators in there. So, yeah, they, of course you got shot. So, but so she, the, so the people who who incited this riot are directly responsible for her death. And then there were like at least three other deaths surrounding the the circumstances. I don't know the details of them, but that's four deaths that these people are responsible for, uh, and look, they they, they created an insurrection. They need to face consequences. When you are raiding the Capitol building, it's you're not stealing gum from Walmart, okay? You you're not you know you're not stealing a car, which is obviously gum from Walmart bullshit. Snow have you been in the Capitol building? Uh, I don't have any idea. Uh, maybe on a field trip. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But, but listen to me. It's, you know, you're not stealing gum. You're not stealing a car, which is grand theft auto versus petty larceny. This is effectively, you're trying to overthrow the fucking government. Okay? Which, yeah. again, you may believe that you have the right to do that because you're defending democracy. That's fine. But it is what it is. You're trying to overthrow the fucking government. You're surrounding and attacking and breaking into a secure building with all of our officials, all of our representatives in that building. The the locus of political power in this country, by the way. Yeah, well, so it's, and again, just like you said, there's a lot of senators and um, congressmen and women who, have incited this like like Lindsey Graham uh Lindsey Graham is actually not on my list as much as I dislike him the two senators that come to mind that really need to go are Ted Cruz and something Hawley out of Missouri because those are the ones who were really trumpeting the cause and then there's a few members of house as well I'm not saying like there was like 113 members of house and seven senators I'm not saying all 120 of them need to go although that would be nice but a few of them, the ones that were really leading the charge, so to speak, they do need to go because they've shown that they are against democratic ideals. Well, the way that you got to look at it is you have some people that, you know, they literally throw their cigarette butts in the ground. That's bad. You got other people that throw like their bottles and their sandwich wrappers and shit on the ground. But then you have other people that take their household garbage and dump it in the streets or off the side of the road. Now, all of it's littering, but you have to take the people that are actually dumping that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it doesn't matter if the day after there's a giant forest fire, be, you know, because the garbage was combustible and they're like, well, you know, really you shouldn't litter. And we stand against littering. No matter what they say after the fact, it already happened. And they were the cause. And they caused it. Exactly. So there's not, there's not much redemption uh, but again, it's it's how it will play out in American politics. And I've given uh, Trump and the ultra right wing a lot of benefit of that along the way. And probably too much, I too have, much. I have, and probably still, I still continue to. Uh, you, you are right now, actually. But uh, I am, I am. But but what happened 
was, uh, you know, I, I, I can't, I believe there needs to be people that are prosecuted. There's one other thing that we haven't mentioned yet that, that I was thinking at the time and has, and um, it's not an original thought. A lot of people have noticed this. Okay. And then we're going to get Compa- into Yeah. Compare, compare how Black Lives Matter protests were treated over the summer versus these protesters. And then, and then tell me that policing in this country is equal. Exactly. And that, but that's also coming from the president who did not call the National Guard in. Yeah, Pence did. Yeah, which, which is wild. And now Pence, yeah. Either way. Let's get so, to the phobias. Yeah, we can move on from this. Like, we've covered it. Do we have, well, let's hit the comments and let's get into phobias. All right. So, uh, sorry, guys, for the 15-minute delay on this. Hit the phobias. Uh, I just want to say hi to you guys. Uh, see Giacomo. I think I saw a couple of other new guys that, that are pretty regular watchers here. Uh, what phobias are we talking about? My bad, guys. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, let's see. We got uh, Callie McGill just, just tuned in. Uh, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. She's actually watching? I don't know about now. It looks like Debbie and Lisa are here. Tori from the, from the office. Okay. So, hey, Maria, what's up? Uh, let's get into the phobias. So, phobia is effectively a fear. And it come, phobia comes from the Greek word phobos, which means fear or horror. But usually, James, I think you'd agree when we're talking about phobias, we're talking about the more, um, you know, not just a general fear, but intense anxiety, um, uh, intense uh, stress, and, and it's usually pretty irrational. Um, yeah, I think phobias by definition have to be have to be irrational. And I think the difference between having a fear or just not liking something versus a phobia is when you have a physical response that is autonomic yeah and also where the phobia has an effect even with outside the the presence of whatever stimulus it is whatever you're afraid of outside the presence of that stimulus the phobia will still control your behavior to some degree fair enough i like if i'm afraid of snakes and i'm afraid that they're like I might not want to walk through a field with like high grass because there could be snakes in that grass. So even though there aren't any snakes there, I won't walk across that field, even though I'm not afraid of grass or fields or open spaces, because I'm afraid there might be snakes there. But it's, it's also distress and panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And you, like you said, in the absence of it still exists. Um, so uh, I read this afternoon that, Anxiety disorder exists in about 30%. Anxiety, uh, anxiety disorder could mean just general nervousness, um, but it's roughly 30% of the population. But phobias, which is an irrational fear where the response is distress or panic, exists in about 12% of the population. So not obviously as much as anxiety disorders do, but if you're trying to self-diagnose here, you need to really you know, you need to be a bit introspective and figure out, are your fears on the irrational side? You and your fear of spiders, James, on the irrational side. Oh, it's it's irrational to the point where people laugh at it. And then I said, look, it's not really funny. And wh- so I'll lead off by saying, 
I generally like to think that I've got a pretty good sense of humor. If someone, if someone plays a prank on me, I'll, I'll try and run with it as much as I can. I tell people, I say, look, I'm good with jokes or whatever, but if you mess with me with spiders in any way whatsoever, I'm not going to be responsible for my actions and I'm willing to go in front of a jury. <laughs> I'm serious. Um, that's, your, that's your disclaimer and that's your warning. Um, I think so, you and I have both talked about what we call, and I have a, a slight fear of spiders, um, definitely borderline phobia, but I know it's not as bad as yours. And we both talked about having spider dreams. Do you want to share what a spider dream is? So I'll <laughs> tell the story of the best one that I had. And by best, I don't mean best, but the best example. High school, I'm in, um, I broke my ankle. I'm in a cast. So the entire lower part of my leg is casted. I'm on crutches. I cannot walk. I go to sleep one night. I, in the middle of sleeping, I have a dream that I'm like falling through some spider webs or something. And in my dream, I am trying to run away from the spiders. At some point I wake up and I'm laying down and now I pop up out of the bed and hit the ground running. Still like half awake, half asleep or whatever. My right foot was the good foot. The left foot was the one that was in the cast. Right foot hits, has perfectly good traction, propels me forward as much as one leg can. <laughs> left foot's ready to go. Cast hits the floor, no grip whatsoever, no strength in the leg. I land face first onto the, onto the floor, just like in a movie where someone's like face is plastered up against like a door. That's my face on the floor. And I don't know what my heart rate was, but I'm breathing heavily and like panting on the floor. And it takes me a good five or 10 seconds to put together everything that just happened. And that it's not reality. But here's my spider dream. This is the big one, is that you, you, you envision that, there, that the spider exists. You have a doubt whether or not the spider could exist in reality, even though you've just awoken from a hard sleep. So you can't return to your bed. You can't remain with the same clothes on. You need to change your clothes. You need to go to a different room. And you are not to return to that room until maybe the next day in the daylight because there could be a spider in that room somewhere. I was driving home from a soccer tournament about three hours away. I had spent most of the day refereeing games, so I'm pretty tired. So I get about an hour into the drive. And I decided to pull over into a rest area, lock the doors, take a little bit of nap, refresh, resume drive, right? Get back going up to highway speed, doing about 80. And I see a spider crawl across the windshield, or at least I thought I did. So now I go from 80, I, I practically slam on the brakes and pull over onto the shoulder. And if you've been on this section of Interstate 26, the shoulder is about wide enough for a car. That's it. It's not like a big shoulder. So like, I can't even get out the driver's side door because I'm afraid that I might get hit by a truck doing 80. So now I'm on the side of the road at night, eight o'clock at night, pitch blackout. Cars are doing 85, 90 miles an hour, six feet away from me. And I'm standing on the side of the road, looking at the car like this, trying to figure out what do I do? I spent five minutes staring at the car thinking, how do I get back in? What, like, what do I do? It, like, do I call the police? No, no, they're just going to laugh at you. Do you call AAA? No, can't do that. 
I'm not close enough that like I can call a friend to have them check it out for me. So I, I, I use my cell phone from like a a safe distance away to see if there was a spider anywhere. I couldn't see one. I finally had, it took me like six or seven minutes to get the courage to get back into the car to then drive to the next stop where I pulled into a gas station and spent like 10 minutes combing over the dashboard, both inside and like the outside underneath the hood and stuff to see where Mm -hmm. it was. I believe you. Um, I just, I want to, I want to talk about the types of phobias there are, but I do want to, on that note of driving, because uh, I've heard some crazy stories about snakes. There's a movie, Snakes in the Plane. Like, why well, I don't even like snakes. Um, but anybody who owns a motorcycle under, well, not anybody, but probably most motorcycle owners will be having for at least a few years. Motorcycle you park outside. When it comes to building a spider web, it's got a lot of nooks and crannies and bars and extensions and pipes. And it's a great place, especially if you don't drive it every day, for a spider to make their nice spider house. And uh, I have had spiders crawl across me. I've heard of a story about someone having a spider. Some people leave their helmet on their bike. Oh, and no. For this reason, I do not do that. Uh, having a spider crawl across their face. And on a motorcycle, you're stuck. You can't most of the time take your hands off the fucking handlebar. So that, to me, is the most... I've seen spiders on the bike as I've been driving, but never in my helmet. Yeah, thank God. Here. That would be how I would die, riding a motorcycle. Yeah, you would, you'd be out. So I want to talk about the types of phobias. Uh, the article that I got most of my data from was... Uh, oh shit, I wrote it down. I think it was Home, home Light, something like this. Uh, Healthline. Healthline. Um, so the types of phobias... Uh, start with a fear of animals. So that could be insects like spiders. It could be fear of dogs, um, but generally a fear of other living animals. It could be uh, starfish or jellyfish. Um, second one is fear of the environment. So that could be heights. It could be wide open spaces. It could be thunder or lightning. Um, so fear of animals, fear of the environment, And then there's fear of basically pain, medical fear, fear of injury, fear of blood, fear of breaking bones. So you get animals, environment, personal injury, uh, and then you have situational. So that's driving, that's, um, what else did I note down? Maybe social interactions, Uh, certain types of social interactions, maybe. (laughs) That situational, so it could be driving, flying, elevator, um, you know, and, and, and there could be some crossover in these. It's not, it's, you know, the, there's an infinite number of phobias because there's an infinite number of things and theories. And basically to make yeah. the phobia word, you take the Greek word and then you add phobia to it. And that's, and that's your phobia. Um, and then the last one, so you got animals, environment, personal injury slash medical, situational, and then the other is generally, um, and I don't know how you would classify this, but uh, like loud noises, um, silence, um, and they also include things like drowning and choking, um, and basically maybe sensory. Yeah, I guess that's the best. Uh, yeah, sensory. best catch-all there. Yeah, like the noise thing and the, the not being able to breathe, the temperature thing. 
and again we gotta we really need to state that like being bothered by something is not a phobia no it has to be distress distress um and it has to be what was the other one that i said distress irrational um and panic but it has to yeah it has to be for it's one if if you have a fear of driving you know and you don't drive that is irrational but if you have a fear of driving and it's icy and you know you're on a highway at 70 miles an hour that's more rational or you know that's not a phobia and even people that like have a fear of driving but still go out and do it and just don't like it, it's not a phobia. Not a a phobia. fear of driving would be like you might not even want to get near a car. Yeah. I'm talking about a parked car. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, all right, let me move forward with the notes here. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, and, I, and I'm finding out that this number is a lot higher. And we can talk about some actual specific phobias in a minute. But I wanted to ask, have you ever had a panic attack? I don't think so. Um, all right. If you're live, if anybody's had a panic attack, I'd like to know if, if you have one and what it was about or roughly, you know, what was involved. Um, apparently, there's a really sizable portion of the population um, that has panic attacks. And I've never been through one uh, I, that's just not the way I react to stress. So I don't understand it, but there's a lot of people who start to hyperventilate, they can faint, um, you know, they, they, they basically, their, their, their brain or their body shuts down because of anxiety. And that could, that, that could be uh, a sign of a phobia, but not necessarily. There's, uh, you know, there's lots of other mental disorders that, that can affect. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I want to talk about some specifics. Are, are there any that, uh, uh, actually I just got one live. It says yes from Jess. Uh, yes. In the office, I had to do a presentation in front of 20, in front of coworkers, uh, and 20 seniors. It's a lot of pressure. She said she did it. But my question was, did you have an actual panic attack where you break down, you can't operate? Uh, because I, I can only imagine that's scary and it's not something you can control in that moment because you don't have the wherewithal in that moment to, you know, to, to manage it. And that's why it's kind of self, it's breaking down itself. Um, any specific phobias that you wanted to know? Well, I mean, we've already talked about the, the fear of spiders. Like, I'm just going to, I'll finish up my, like the description so that people can understand what it's like is I can't look at a picture of a spider. If I'm, if I go onto a website or wherever and it has a picture of a spider, like I have to, I have to close my eyes and hit alt F4 to close out of the tab. Cause I can't look at the screen anymore. I, I have a very similar reaction. I usually avert my eyes. In movies, I, I'll wait for the scene to end. I really, oh, yeah, I can't watch the spiders. spiders. Deep, deep down inside, I'm just not cool. Uh, I'm obviously I'm not religious, but to me, if you had to kind of take like the deepest, darkest parts of reality and and like itemize it, in in that category would be spiders and snakes, um, and maybe like eels, something you know. That, uh, that's creepy stuff. The the four the four legged animal kingdom. 
that's scary stuff. But spiders just kind of went with all the joints, the hairiness. Yeah. A very, very creepy for me. I don't, I don't like it at all. Um, um, and, and there's there's an evolutionary reason for a theory for why people have fears of spiders and snakes is because it was healthy for us to do so because a lot of them are venomous. And so if you stay, if you keep your distance from spiders and snakes, you're much less likely to get bitten by them and then poisoned. Well, but all of these fears, you know, everything poses a threat. Um, you know, the fear- Acrophobia is another one that makes a lot of evolutionary sense. Acrophobia is a fear of heights, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, uh, thousands of years ago, you didn't, when this was ingrained in us, over the course of thousands of years, you people weren't hiking with harnesses. <laughs> they, yeah, they were literally exploring. Um, you know, like just just wild stuff. So I, I get that. Uh, I want to hit a couple of common fears that I outlined here. And again, this is this is with help from uh, Healthline.com. Acrophobia, fear of heights. Aerophobia, fear of flying. Arachnophobia, fear of spiders. So these are some of the more common ones. Autophobia, autophobia is the fear of being alone, not, uh, not the fear of the cars or driving. Claustrophobia, the fear of small or confined spaces. That's another one that makes sense evolutionary. Why is in, it? Because if you're, if you're confined or whatever, like think about it. If you're trapped somewhere, you're likely to either be starving to death because you can't escape or you're more vulnerable to predators because you can't escape. Yeah, being back in the corner, being in a tight place. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Um, hemophobia, if you know what that one is. Fear, fear of blood. Fear of blood. A lot of people, when they see blood, um, so a lot of people faint when they see blood. I've had a similar reaction, I think, once, but pretty typically, I'm, I'm pretty cool with it. Um, uh, okay. Uh, Trypanophobia. The extreme fear of medical procedures involving injections or hypodermic needles. Mm. So if you don't want the coronavirus shot, the vaccine, that's not tryptophobia, tryptophobia? Trip, trypanophobia. Trypanophobia. Yeah, so if you don't want the shot, it's not trypanophobia. Um, but no, not wanting something, like trypanophobia is the idea of getting a shot causes extreme anxiety and panic in you. Yeah, Where, I I don't mind shots that much. I, you know, I'm better if I don't watch them do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But uh, uh, yeah, while, while, while back I dated someone who was uh, studying to be a phlebotomist yep. and wanted to practice on me. Um, probably not. That was a, that was a, that never happened. It was, it was not a, it wasn't long term, but you know, it was, it was something that wasn't going to work for me. Uh, the, the practicing of taking blood and phlebotomy is where you take blood. Uh, that's scary stuff. Um, okay. Um, do you hit agoraphobia? Uh, I didn't hit agoraphobia because that's not as common. It's it's a unique fear. It's something we. It's one of the more known ones, but um, but it's not as common as arachnophobia. Uh, what, What's what, the most common one? Is it arachnophobia? Um, I don't. I don't have a list of what, how common they are. Just the alphabetical list. Let me hear a couple more. 
we got claustrophobia, uh, hemophobia, fear of blood, uh, hydrophobia, fear of water. That's a weird one. I think it means like fear of body of water. So I don't think it means like fear of drinking water. Right. Yeah. No. Um, well, and there's, um, what is it? Not limnophobia. Uh, like fear of lakes. Uh, uh, let's do I have that? Uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. So, and then I have, uh, a phidiophobia, which is a philosophobia, a fear of snakes is a phidiophobia. Uh, and that's a big one. A lot of people afraid of snakes. And yeah. Another one is zoophobia, which is a more general term fear of animals. So that's why it's more common. A lot of people terrified of dogs. I can tell you, I, I know a lot of people that are terrified of dogs in any way which i think is wild like you have a little dog like it's not going to i'm going to kill you it might nip your fingers but it's not you know and you could kick it like a, a soccer ball it's not it's not posing that much of a threat to you but some people are genuinely terrified of dogs i think that's that's a little weird um all right did you you want to add another one because i'm going to go by i'm going to hit a couple of very specific and, and no i'm just going to go through the most common ones so arachnophobia is, is definitely the most common. Um, Aphidophobia, so fear of snakes is the next. Acrophobia, fear of heights is the next. After that, number four is fear of flying. Number five, fear of dogs. Okay. Sinophobia. Um, the next one is astrophobia, fear of thunder and lightning. Number seven is fear of injections, we were just talking about. Um, number eight is social phobia. Number nine is agoraphobia. Now, I, I'm questioning how they came up with this ordering because they're saying like, like agoraphobia only affects one percent of the population according to this website and that's number nine number 10 mysophobia fear of germs affects 13.2 percent of the percentage why isn't that a higher rank good good point yeah, good job guys um so i'll give you i'll give you a couple more interesting ones i have uh electorophobia electorophobia is a fear of chickens that's in it. Uh, yeah. A L E K T O R O. Electorophobia. And then oh, I didn't finish. Oh, I, got, I got a couple more. Um, anima, anamatophobia. Anamatophobia. Fear of names. Anamatophobia. That's, yeah, that's. How do you. I don't even know how that works. I don't know how that would manifest. Uh, doesn't. And then Haganophobia. Pagonophobia, fear of beards. That's another weird one. Well, yeah, that is a little, yeah. That is a little weird. Um, but then I just got another one, fear of public speaking would have been in the top four, but yeah. Uh, xenophobia, xenophobia, fear of death. Fear of death. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I also wonder how that would manifest itself because... Well, that would be where people will take irrational steps to any time they perceive any situations even remotely dangerous. They, they won't do anything. So you can kind of think of um, the movie Rain Man, where he wouldn't go on a plane because of like his encyclopedic knowledge of disasters. And he would only go on what like the one airline that had never had a fatal crash or whatever. So if you have fear of death or whatever, that would be like you're not going to do anything that people die from. So you're not going to get in the car because people die in cars. You're 
probably not going to walk on the sidewalk because sometimes cars can jump the, the curb. You're not going to go to the grocery store because there was a mass shooting at a grocery store sometime last year. It, it I think it, at its most extreme uh, sides, the fear of death basically prevents you from leaving the house. Or being in the house. If you, if you yeah. But yeah. And if you're in the house, like you, you might not ever plug something into the wall because you get, get shocked. Yeah. So you're, you're, very much in a you, you, you're stuck you're stuck here's uh, my favorite one and nada did and that today phobia is the fear that somewhere somehow a duck is watching you that, yeah but again the phobia list is infinite because it it's any situation or it's any perceived threat um and obviously the more company you have in this the more real the thing it is. Um, but again, it's, it's distress. Um, and it's, uh, it's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's distress and, and let me go back to my notes here. Uh, and extreme panic for the irrational. So I want to talk about therapy. There's really two types of therapy for phobias. You know what they are, James? I know one of them off the top of my head. Okay. It's probably the, the main one. The easy, the, the, the easy one to guess, which is exposure therapy. Exposure therapy is gradual and controlled exposure available through many professionals uh, to what you're afraid of. Because again, remember, it's irrational. So where James is afraid to look at a spider on a screen, that's, you know, that's an irrational fear. So, um, and, uh, you know, if there was a picture of a spider on the wall, I don't think James would enter that room. I could, I could, I could go into the room if I knew that there was a picture of a spider there and I didn't have to look at it. Yeah. But, but yeah. if I were to walk into a room and there was, and I wasn't expecting to see a picture of a spider and there's a picture of a spider there, I'd have a reaction. If, you, if there was a, if there was a spider exhibit in a museum, no live spiders. Could we get you to walk through the exhibit to get to the next one? Probably, but I w there's no spiders in there, right? It's just like maybe like sculptures or pictures of spiders or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably just have like my head down and just like follow the floor, and I'd be fine. So, so borderline irrational. No, no, this is completely irrational. <laughs> like. Uh Okay, so so look, so you got so you got exposure therapy, and you know, can you guess what the other one is? Um, I, either either cognitive behavioral therapy or hypnosis. Um, neither Med medication. So yeah, the, so you're. I'm talking about the two most popular. Oh, but, okay. But yeah, um, the other two: cognitive behavioral therapy, hypnosis. Um, but we don't. Are they, is either one of those proven? Um, CBT, um, to some degree. Um, hypnosis, probably much less so. Because CBT is basically trying to retrain your mind. So CBT is going to basically be exposure therapy without the exposure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, like, so I, I explain to people, because everyone's like, you should probably, you should look into getting treated for your phobia. Because, like, for example, I was in the office a couple months ago, and my office is right next to the marsh in Charleston. 
Mm-hmm. If you've never been to a coastal city with like like a tropical marsh or whatever, you have all these tiny little sand crabs that are about maybe this big, maybe a little bit bigger. But crabs look and move very much like spiders. Yeah. And so every once in a while, one of those little sand crabs will find its way into the office and they look just like spiders. So I get up from my desk to go to the bathroom or get some water or something. I come back to my, I go walk back to my desk and my, I've got my own office. So the, in the, like in the door to my office is either a crab or a spider. And it's right in the middle of the office. And from about 10 feet away, I froze. And I stood there watching it and I didn't move for about three minutes. And it wasn't until one of my coworkers walked by and I said, I'm glad you're here. I need your help. I couldn't go back into my office until that thing was gone. See, okay. Um, all right. So I got, I have, I have one more uh, added phobia here via the comments. What do we got? From, uh, ad hoc. And she said, uh, a which is the uh, fear of the infinite or the uncountable. Ooh, that's an interesting uh, one. Because, and I, I can get that because it's almost like the fear of the unfathomable. Yeah. Uh, like the fear, like the fear of something that hits you that you just can't comprehend. Yeah, I like that. And and I can remember I was telling you like yeah like listening to some uh, podcasts on aliens and stuff. It really just kind of is branched off from listening to podcasts about like the universe and some quantum physics and some string theory stuff. And it, I, I obviously I don't have an irrational and I don't experience distress or panic when I want to put, it's very uncomfortable for me to think about things in an unquantifiable, I can't, in something you can't exactly wrap your head around because it's pretty much unfathomable. And you try to put it in perspective to yourself and you can't do that. See, I like that because it, I, it, I, it's, I, it's, it's like brain training. It is. It is. And I'm not, I, it's almost like running. Like I fucking hate running. But <laughs> I don't run. Like it's a weird thing. So I have that when it comes to like the unfathomable and the infinite in the universe. But I do get like, I, I can totally understand why some people like fuck running and never run. Like I'm always walk. Even if I'm being chased, I'm just going to walk. Um, so I, I, I get that. Um, so I don't know. I, I understand. Um, yeah. So exposure therapy. So from, from a phobic, I've had people say you should get treatment or whatever. And I say, I know what that involves because like, so here's an example of how they would treat someone who's arachnophobic with exposure therapy is you'd start off probably by looking at pictures of spiders. I could probably stomach that. I wouldn't enjoy it, but I could probably get through it. Then after you get to the point where you can look at pictures of spiders and whatnot, then they're going to probably have like a non-venomous spider in an aquarium or something in a room and then you're going to start by like just looking at the spider from like outside the room and then like what they might do is they might take a pencil and then the researcher like the the therapist will go in and touch the pencil to the spider and then say here you touch the pencil and then <laughs> this is making me uncomfortable just right. and my yeah. spider is nothing when yours is. and so then after you do that you might be like okay now we're going to stand in the same room as the spider Okay, now you're going to stand closer. Now you're going to now you're going to sit down at the table where it's on. And then now it's going to be you take the pencil and you touch the spider. Now it's going to be you touch the spider without the pencil. Now it's you hold the spider. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to check out somewhere between looking at pictures of the spider 
and standing outside the room of the spider because like usually what they do is they'll take like what like a medium-sized tarantula that are completely harmless but are kind of big and scary looking um and people are saying you should just go through the, the exposure treatment it works and i say the cure is worse than the disease uh, but i i agree with that a lot of like i have always said um and that's like this is actually something i wanted to segue in before we went out on this um, cause I, I, I heard something this morning on the radio, but I've always been okay with not being in like peak physical condition because I'm pulling up a beer because I like beer. I like drinking. I like bad food. Um, and I also don't mind working out. Like I usually, usually, except for this year, cause I had the foot injury and all gyms were closed. I usually work out a lot. Um, but that allows me to do whatever I want to do dietarily and still maintain a decent physique. Um, but I would take the less than perfect physique because that's something I, you know, I, I don't want to be miserable dieting, you know, all the yeah, time. You're making a choice. You're, you're making a choice. So just like sacrifice. deciding you don't need to be that close with spiders and the choice is to not, you know, not. Well, do- it severely limits some of the things that I can do. Cause there's some things that I enjoy doing that I, that I like. So for example, I like playing disc golf. And for those of you who don't know what it is, it's, it's golf, but you're playing with discs like Frisbees. And a lot of the courses are in wooded areas. And I, there's, I, I would love to be able to play more disc golf courses, but I played one in Charleston and I made it about three holes in and it's in the woods. And I went to pick up my disc. I looked up and I saw a spider and I said, I'm, I'm out. I'm done. And I just, picked up everything and went straight home. I will catch you at the bar at the end of the course. Right. So, uh, and like hiking, camping, I can't go hiking. There, there's places in this world that I cannot visit as much as I would like to. I would love to go to Australia. I cannot go to that country. I can't go to Australia. I, I get it. There's giant bugs. I fully understand. Um, so I, I could go on with this list, but the idea is I, like, I'm limiting myself in the things that I can do but I refuse to address it because I look at going through exposure therapy would be so traumatizing to me. I think it would make it worse. Well, so, but is any, so this is where I want to go with this. Is anybody, has anyone ever told you continue being afraid of spiders? It's okay. No. Okay. So here's where I want to go with this. I was just talking about being in shape and then I'm okay with not being in great shape. But I'm also not okay with being in very bad shape. So what I was, I was listening to something that's been a, is noom, noom, like a, a type of diet, noom. Um, it's, a, it, it's, it's a dieting, like it's a behavioral approach to dieting in health, I think. Every diet's behavioral approach. A diet where you, you don't eat. Yeah, but this is, this is like using like psychology and behavioral tricks to make dieting easier. Okay. So you're fooling yourself. Um, yeah, but the thing that, that it hit me this morning, and maybe it's not a new thought. Maybe many people have had this before. But the idea that we're put that and I feel it's so shitty saying this, but there's so much pushback on society from people who don't want to change to conform. So basically, overweight people saying attacking skinny people on magazine covers and saying, you know, that we we need to put overweight people on magazine covers. And, you know, I, I went to the mall recently, I was outside of a store, and there's really these, like, I was 
I was kind of grossed out looking at this. It was a video wall, like a wall that had a big screen on it and it was an advertisement for like bikinis and stuff. I was grossed out. Um, and it made me uncomfortable to look at that. And, and then I was thinking, you know, cancel culture this. We need to turn all the screens off because I saw something I didn't like. Um, what did you uh, see? Was it fat people in bikinis? It was fat people, not bikinis, underwear. It was fat people in underwear. And I just, yeah, I walked around the corner. But the fact that, like, my, my just, I made it. And I just think, you know, if you're overweight and unhappy and people are saying, oh, don't be unhappy. And, and all, you know, also don't get in shape. Just get happy and be happy with how you are. I was thinking about that in the terms of if you're broke and, and unhappy because you're broke, people don't just say, it's good to be broke. It's okay to be broke. You need to accept who you are. Just be happy with it. An interesting post I saw kind of addressing what you're going with is with the fat acceptance movement of saying, it's okay. Not only is it okay for me to be overweight, but also skinny is unhealthy and people should actually replicate my body type of being overweight. And the person responded to this saying like, look, first of all, it's not healthy to be overweight. Second of all, like there's a lot of other things out there that are unhealthy, for example, smoking or heavy drinking or whatever. And what we don't see is the people who are smoking going out and saying, here, man, have a cigarette here, have 10 shots. Like the people that are engaging these other unhealthy behaviors are aware of it. They're not advocating for it. They just say, well, this is what I do. I, like, I know it's not the best, but, yeah, but we here know, I am. We know it's not the best. And being overweight, there's no question. Now being a little not in perfect shape, that's fine. There's a big difference though. But you putting fat people in underwear on a screen. By the way, the comments are asking, what's the topic? We're talking about phobias. Right now, I'm a bit of a rant about the overweight acceptance and, and you know, walked by a giant wall in the mall and there's a bunch of fat people in underwear and I got uncomfortable. And I guess that what was happening was fat people were getting uncomfortable looking at skinny people. I, 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 was, I was a bit grossed out and, and I, I'm just, it's my podcast, you guys are tuning in. I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. That's how I felt. I'm sharing it with you and giving you my perspective on this. Uh, again, you know, and I'll repeat this because we got a couple of new people that just joined. People telling you it's okay to be overweight. Um, and I know you're unhappy with being overweight, but rather than get in shape, rather than do anything strenuous, because we all know that we took, when we talk about the Olympics, when we were talking, anything that requires excellence requires sacrifice. But really, to kind of level up in life, you got to work hard. So if you're going to level up in your physique, you've got to work hard. But to just say, oh, you're broke, uh, it's okay to be poor. Be poor. Everybody should be poor. Don't be unhappy when you're poor. And don't try to work harder to make more money. Just get happy being poor. Um, you know, start, start enjoying food stamps, like, you know, rather than <laughs> like trying to save up money and, and buy better food. I, and I would even draw the line and say that, like, people that are mildly overweight, that, that like, Sometimes life just makes it a little bit more difficult. I think we should really target the people that are like obese. Well, we would start with the obese. And that was the borderline for the, so obviously the way that American society is now, majority of people are obese, but I don't mean. No, it's, it's majority overweight. It's like 67 to 70% are overweight. 
And of those that are overweight, about half of them are, well, are the, obese. The, billboard, the, billboard, the, the thing that I saw, we were talking borderline obese. But I, and again, I want to talk about the downsides of being broke and the downsides of being overweight. If you're overweight, you're at much higher risk of a heart attack. Um, if you're overweight, this is the way people work, natural selection. You can have less sex. That's a bad thing. Um, Diabetes. Got risk of diabetes. You're going to have to spend more money on clothes, especially if your weight's fluctuating. Um, you know, there's a lot of downsides. That downsides of being broke are everything costs you more, and you you live in constant discomfort. Just like being overweight, your clothes are always a little tight on you, uh, or you're having to buy new clothes. When you're broke, you're you know, and you don't have much money, and you have a bad credit score. Things cost you more. You're also just less adaptable to circumstances. Yes, but we train people to, we do it so poorly, but we train people to get out of being broke. And, you know, and, and but we're not, like when I, and the biggest thing that bothers me is just the Planet Fitness thing. Because Planet Fitness is the most convenient gym for me by location, it's next door to my office. But I go in there and they have 26 boxes of pizza on the front desk and a crowd, and a crowd. Oh, man. <laughs> this is a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I, haven't seen it, I haven't seen it in 2020 because they haven't had the crowds. Um, but the five years before that, they'll have legitimately 26 boxes of pizza, most of which are empty. And there'll be a crowd around the people at the front desk. And this is, it's bad pizza. It's the, the sauce tastes like ketchup. It's disgusting. Yo, this is a genius business strategy. I don't know why you're shitting on it. But it is. And, and but <laughs> they're like pushing kind of the, uh, the rational people aside and just being like, you don't want to work out. We have lots of TVs. Yeah. You want to be hungry? Oh, I love this strategy. It's like opening up a donut shop next to a Weight Watchers. So, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and they also, they give away candy always. There's a giant bucket. The opening of the bucket's a foot wide. It's a foot deep. There's a bucket of candy on the front desk I'm checking. And even though they're, they have a sign-in sheet now, which is new. They didn't have a sign-in sheet with Corona. You just used to take, your, you just used to take your, your badge and scan it. Now you do that, but because they have this touch-free you know, for coronavirus, now you actually have to also sign in, which doesn't make any sense. But no. they cycle through pens because it's one touch per pen. Uh, but they just have a bucket of candy that everybody just fucking sweaty ass hands grabs this candy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm I feel like I'm going in a dangerous direction because I'm just gonna start. And again, I am in the worst shape of my life right now, um, and I'm not happy with it. But rather than somebody tell me, get happy, just throw out your old clothes, start buying new clothes, and it's okay to be overweight, I'm, I'm just like, no, I'm going to go for a job. Yeah. No, I actually had this exact same conversation with my roommate like two weeks ago where I was like, dude, I'm not happy with my weight. I'm not happy with my fitness. And he's like, dude, you're getting older. You just have to accept that like, you're not going to be as fast or as thin as you were. I said, uh-uh. No, I know exactly why I'm not happy with my weight. I've been lazy. And no, I if I want to change this, I know what I need to do. And now it's just a matter of going out and actually doing it. Yeah. I mean, I, I struggle to find the time during the days, but you can bet on the weekends um, or when I come home early, we're not doing this. Like just so, just so you know, we got off the podcast last time. 
and I was in this room until one o'clock at night, you know, finishing up the room and painting the room and, and doing the shit that you can kind of see around me. I, I keep a very booked, very packed schedule, um, including an hour plus now commute. So um, I, I typically stay very busy. I like it that way. But I do prioritize fitness because it's your fucking body. It and makes everything else in your life better. I don't want to be 40 or 50 years old. I mean, I see people all the time in New York City, like puffing and puffing and taking breaks, going up subway staircases. You see people of all different body shapes and sizes. And you, know, you feel bad for these people. But nobody says to the person that is 300 pounds huffing and puffing up, up the staircase, good for you. I like that you're owning your body. Live it. No, they feel bad for them. They're like, damn, if you did a couple of push-ups, you know, a day, you know, a couple times over the last decade, you wouldn't be like this. But that's actually what happens when you're overweight. So all these people modeling in bikinis that are 400 pounds, um, that's maybe an exaggeration, but, but over 200 pounds. Um, I don't know what exactly you're showcasing and, and, and I, don't, I don't like that trend. And again, we swing, you know, we have supermodels that are super skinny and just look hungry and you can see ribs and you can see hip bones. And that's, you know, that's a bit excessive, but um, at least it gives people a goal. It may not be achieved. And one thing that ticks me off is when people say, look at the pictures of these models in the magazine or whatever, that's not achievable. And to me, that's the point is this person makes a their, their entire career is having a body type and a, and a look that is so attractive. I, I got to stop you. I got to stop you. The, what people will say is that these models are striving to be so skinny. It's not fair to them. Uh, let me ask you a question about a professional fucking boxing. This guy's job is to get hit in the fucking face. Okay. So like that's what the pro level is. Not everybody has to do it. It's a choice. It's a choice. The guy who's a boxer could go back to school and become an accountant. There's never a chance. Uh, he, I wouldn't recommend it. If he hasn't been hit, so, if he hasn't been hit too many times already. So uh, on that note, on that note, because I'm getting in dangerous territory where I feel like I'm getting. But my, uh, let me just finish my thought, which is that of uh, course it's unattainable for the average person. That's why they're on the cover of a magazine. You're not going to be putting me on the cover of a magazine because this is attainable. Like, yeah, look at me. All right, yeah, of course we can pull that off. Like, I'm not the one earning millions of dollars. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm fine with like looking at either a male body and saying like, yeah, man, I wish I could be in that kind of shape or a female body and say like, I would love to date somebody that well, is that attractive, well, but that, I'm not going to be able to because that's well, 1% of the 1% of the 1%. Our current, our current culture, the current society, nobody wants to work hard. So rather than work hard, they would rather reach up and pull the people down than reach an arm up and pull themselves up, especially if they're fat because they're probably really heavy. So they figure using gravity and pulling people down to their level is is what's going to allow them to level up but that's not how leveling up works i mean if they get fat enough they can just use their gravity to pull the people down this is a, a gary v thing he says the best way to build the biggest building 
in, in the city or whatever, isn't to build a building and demolish every other building. It's just to build the biggest building. And, you know, a lot of people are building a mid-sized building and saying it's not fair that other people have more floors. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's not cool. Also, on, on the, I made two notes that I didn't bring up. On the phobia thing. Oh, yeah, that's what we're talking about. And, yeah, and on the weight thing, and on the being broke thing, thing depression and anxiety. And th those are the side effects of these things. Major depression, if you're afraid to leave the house, or if you leave the house and you're afraid of this and afraid of that, or you can't go play frisbee hole or whatever it is, with your frisbee tag with your friends, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not living as great of a life as, as you could. If you're overweight, you're not living as great of a life as you could. And if you're broke, you're not living as great of a life as you could. If you have a serious, uh, if you have a serious phobia, and you, and you need help, or you know someone who has a serious phobia, and you believe they need to seek help, you can call our anonymous helpline. That's uh, James and Digits. Um, we don't have to deal with it, but go online, do some Googling. Um, if you believe that you have a serious phobia, you definitely want to see medical attention. If you know somebody who has a phobia and it's debilitating, do some research. We are not the people to talk to. Uh, I'm the one with the debilitating phobia that's not getting treatment. Don't listen to me, folks. Extreme, extreme phobias uh, are debilitating. They do cause anxiety. They do cause depression. Um, so it is something serious and it probably deserves professional treatment. We're just a couple of guys enjoying a couple of drinks uh, and sharing our thoughts with you. So either way, thank you guys for joining us. If you're watching live, please subscribe to the audio podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to the video version where you can look at us. I'm in an empty room that sounds like a cave. James is in a bedroom that looks like a dorm. And uh, you can watch us on YouTube. So subscribe to YouTube. But thank you guys for joining. Thank you, James, for joining. And I will As catch always. you. See ya. Cheers. Yo, so that was it. Let me know in the comments what your favorite phobia is or what your actual phobia is. Uh, I'd love to know. See you. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.